0: Hey, this is Ron Weathers, and you're listening to Friars on the Farm podcast.
1: You gotta fight for your right to play ball! Welcome to Friars on the Farm podcast, coming to you from outside of Hartford, Connecticut, and with me across the country in sunny Southern California is Roy. Minor league players got to fight for their right to play ball. Dude, and they got they got it done. The union, the 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 collective bargaining agreement for the first minor league union collective bargaining agreement has been signed and has been ratified and is legal. I, That's this so is a rad, huge dude. day.
2: It huge is a huge day for minor league baseball.
1: I mean, we kind of came into a little bit tail end of the beginning of 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 the of uh, the hoopla about this, you know, Eric Simma had had the uh, had the article and emily walden we had emily walden like in the first year that we had the podcast and she wrote the article for the athletic and you know everyone that contributed to that every player that contributed to that was like yeah don't tell anyone i talked to you like don't even like it was such a hush hush kind of cloak and
2: dagger interview that it was amazing that it got put out you know right yeah and we've talked to garrett brogius uh we've talked to adopt a minor leaguer we've I feel like we've kind of been riding on the coattails on the on the fringes of of what's been going on, and so it's amazing to see how, how far things have come just in the short time that you and I have been doing this podcast. I, because these labor conditions have been going on for decades, right? And in the past, it was just suck it up, Buttercup. This is what you want to do if you want to make it to the show. But as time's gone by, you know, it's like these guys really are putting in a full time, full time. Li- labor work and getting paid peanuts and the treatment that they've been getting has been substandard and now all of that is coming up to standards but we'll get into that in a little bit uh and we'll get more more into it yeah absolutely yeah we're gonna have a whole other episode about it uh but at the end of our episode here uh you're gonna have interviews for Robbie Robbie Snelling and Jagger Haynes that Donovan gathered at Storm Media Day.
1: Yeah that was fun did that on the day before the uh the opening day, and I uh, went down there, saw the new facility that they have over where the kids used to play in uh, on the right field where the berm is, where the kids are all running around. Um, it's a huge, it, all that space is now taken up for um, two thirds of it is just open space. So they're going to put netting around there. They're going to put, uh, you know, they're going to put AstroTurf and it'll be batting cages. And then there's a little section right next to it, uh, closer to where the, um, you know, to the building Uh, the proper building, and that's where the weight room is. And then they redid, we didn't look in it, but they redid the visitor's clubhouse, which is now the Storm Clubhouse. So that was really cool to see. Um, The place looked great. It was great to show up. It's great to have another season. It's great to be able to like Elsinore, and uh, it was real fun. Got a chance to talk to Robbie Stalen. Just, you know, first impression on that kid. Super cool, super laid back, uh, confident, and uh, it's a real fun interview. I had a bunch of questions, but we just kind of mixed it up. And I, I think it might have went on a tangent, but he was a real fun talk to. And then, of course, you know, the last time we talked to Jagger Haynes, I think he was like a week after he got drafted and we actually got in trouble for reaching out to guys. Um,
2: talk to him. <laughs> right we didn't now. get in trouble in trouble, but, you know, that was, that was right, you know, COVID and then the Padres started locking yeah. everything down. I yeah. I think it was about controlling the message more than anything. Um but so the the, the 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 facilities at the store, I'm intrigued by that. So I've never seen the weight room, but that's one thing that I have heard from several people that the weight room at Lake Elsinore was, it was small, it was cramped, it was musty, not well ventilated, it was dated. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure when they built it, whatever, 20, 25 years ago, it was it was good. They but now minor league baseball, major league baseball has these standards, these like minimum conditions that they want everybody to meet to maintain, to continue to host minor league baseball. Um, did you get a chance to, was it filled out or is it yet to be built? No, it's done. It was built. It was, it was built. The, the, the cages are built. It's a big,
1: you know, it's going to be hot as hell in there. So it's metal. It's like that metal siding uh, for, for the whole, for the whole building.
2: Oh, but um, I bet, bet they've got an air conditioner unit in there. They probably just didn't have the air conditioner turned on when you were in there. No, but there were, and there are
1: huge windows going along, so you can see the whole inside the whole building. Which I'm sure they'll have, uh, you know, they'll have they'll have the cages set up in there with all the with all the ropes and and netting. Um, but I think in the summer that's going to be a sweat box, so it's not going to take too long for you to get warmed up if uh, if you need to get <laughs> warmed up. And you can access to here's the big thing: you can access it from that dugout. So that's the big thing. You don't have to walk through. The crowd to go hit or get warmed up so you can reach it from you know from the from the dugout
2: which i think is really critical oh but you said that the home and the visitor sides are yeah. flip-flops now yeah so now so now from from the home base. dugout they can go up there okay yeah yeah for those of you that aren't familiar the home dugout was always on the third base side yeah. this new facility is way up the first base Line foul line, yeah. so flip flopping the uh the clubhouses makes sense from there. And I wonder if the locker room if they were able to like expand and upgrade what used to be the visitors' locker room, so now that's the nicer locker room, the new home locker room, yeah. And then what used to be the home locker room is now the visitors' anyway. Yeah. I'm just, I'm yeah, just, no, and they, and they upgraded guessing. all
1: that. They upgraded the the visitors' clubhouse. Um, man, it looked real nice. We didn't get it once again, we didn't get a chance to go in there, but I asked Justin. The media liaison and he said, "Yeah, they did that. Um, they upgraded the now home side on the first base side. Really cool." But let's let's move on. Let's real quick before we kind of get into the rest of the podcast, let's talk about our major league minute. I guess we're going to call it now the major league minute. That'll probably go over minutes.
2: Yeah, it might be more like five minutes. It's been a good start to the season. Yeah, people start freaking out because oh the. Rockies are supposed to be the worst team in the league. What are you doing splitting a series with them? And then you should be sweeping the diamondbacks. So no, Let everybody get their legs under them. Get yeah. started. Musgrove starts off on the IL. Suarez is on the IL. Tatis is out till the 20th. But then the Braves, they go out to Atlanta and take three out of four from the Braves. Two of them are on na- national TV. The last one was a blowout. So I think we're finally seeing the offense start to come to life.
1: Yeah. Well, and then the first two games, you know, the bullpen just kind of collapsed in both those games. So we're like, oh, my God, where's Chris Matt? You know, where's Garcia? His two-seamer was just, you know, these guys are still kind of getting out of spring training and getting dialed in. So we saw a little bit of that rust that's still lingering in in that series. Uh, once, and then the bats come and explode. Um, it, it's funny because the, the Mets, the, before they got, you know, they lost like a couple games and they lost to the Marlins. They won that series, but the series before that, they had lost a couple games. And, you know, Mets Twitter uh, from our friend Ryan – I'm sorry, Tim, Ryden, or Tim Ryder, excuse me, uh, over here in New York. I uh, was like, oh, man, everyone's just like going, it's a wasted season. Oh, my God, they haven't done anything. What's going on? I'm like, dude, it's it's a week into the season. And who's in first place? Like, like, the Diamondbacks were in first place. I think they are right now. Like, everything's going to even out. It's a very long season.
2: Yeah, this is the time for overreaction theater. I saw somebody complaining that why did the Padres sign Adam Engel when they could have had random dude on the on the Nationals that's having a hot week? They could have yeah. had that guy as an outfielder. You see it? Three home runs already. It's like, come on, give it some time. Adam yeah. Engel plays gold glove caliber defense in center field. If something happens to Trent Grish, he'll be right there. Yeah, yeah there's reasons why they sign the guys that they signed. And just give them some time to get into the season. But yeah. Xander Bogarts has started off real well. He looks comfortable. He he seems to enjoy playing in San Diego. He yeah. I, I saw him say that the uh, the wall in Fenway kind of he's a line drive hitter, and so there were some shots that he thought might have been home runs that wind up catching the top half of that wall in Fenway, and here in San Diego, even though you got the marine layer and all this, he's having no problem getting the ball out to left field. Uh, yeah. Soto's had a couple of home runs to start off. Nelson Cruz is a pleasant surprise. I wasn't expecting anything.
1: <laughs> Look at Nelly Cruz.
2: <laughs> yeah, and he's been he's been outstanding. He carried the team yesterday. I mean, six yeah. RBIs in that game. Absolutely. Uh, there's there's flexibility. I like I like what I've seen out of Matt Carpenter when he's yeah. when he's on. He he's a he's a situational hitter. You need somebody to lift a fly ball to get the guy in from third. You need somebody to get a ground ball in the right field of the right side of the infield. I feel like he has the bat control to be able to do that better than most guys. I mean, I'm 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 excited. I yeah. we're supposed to be, but I mean I can't help it. This team is gonna be really good. Right. Well, you out of the gate, you, we have these high expectations and
1: a whole offseason of of you know, still living, really living off the high of last last postseason. Uh, thinking we're just gonna carry that kind of uh momentum into the season, and it's not, it's a whole new season. We got new guys on the squad. Um, it's it's just every season's different, and it's a long season. So now we can exhale and, and breathe and know that we're gonna be okay. And and I you know, we're gonna lose a few games in a row, we're gonna lose series. You know, guys may go down. There's gonna be all the things that happen during a season that are going to happen. People complaining about Bo and what he left a guy in one hit or too long. Like that's all going to happen during the season. So just enjoy it. Don't take it too seriously uh, and and have fun with the ride. Because right, Suarez is going out on a. Um, I just saw before we came on. Suarez is going out. Um, is almost ready. Uh, Musgrove had a cortisone shot in his shoulder. I guess he he dove on his shoulder uh, and and banged it up. He's going suarez, a good...
2: suarez. actually had a bit of a, of a slowdown. He felt some, some something in his elbow today. Uh, yeah. And he's trying, he's on his way back. He was playing catch, felt something in his elbow. So they're slowing him down. Uh, but, you know, knock on wood. But like they say, everybody wins 60 games, everybody loses 60 games. It's what happens in those other 42 that yeah. separates the wheat from the chaff. Yeah. But going out to Atlanta and playing a team that is they should be a world series contender. Yeah. They're one of a half dozen teams that are going to be right there at the end of the season. You know, it and looking as strong as they did. I love it. I'm yeah. I'm excited. I'm it was just going
1: out. Pomerant is going out on the, uh, on the rehab.
2: Oh, okay. Hey, I, you know, I wasn't expecting anything from Pomerant. So right. whatever they get out of him is found money to me.
1: It is. and,
2: and, uh, <laughs> if we can just you know a, a couple critical games
1: he can hold maybe you know get maybe 50 60 innings out of him with with uh you know with some with some high leverage holds even money oof 50 or 60
2: season. games man that's that's that that's asking a lot no, if, he, if he makes 50 if he makes 10 or 20 innings i'll be i'll be overjoyed
1: roy the cynic
2: <laughs> I'm cynical about certain things. It's it's my right. I fight for my right to be cynical, dude. You know, and it's it's you have every
1: right to be. And all the evidence with Drew Pomranz has shown that that's not not as negative as, uh, as as I make it sound out to be.
2: I hope so. All right, so we teased we we hinted about the new CBA. I do want to touch on some of the main points. So Evan Drellick has done an outstanding job since day one of covering the whole thing. And he came out with this long article diving into the minutia of what all the little features are in the new CBA. Um, as you've mentioned, we're going to have another episode where hopefully we get to dive through all of this stuff p- bit by bit. Maybe yeah. we'll uh, get somebody like Emily Walden, or maybe we can get El- Evan on the on the line to, to, to chat with us through all of that. Uh, but the big takeaways for me, there are higher salaries at all levels, and it's a significant raise, even versus what they're getting paid now. And this is after everybody just got a raise from what they were getting a year or two ago. Um, they're getting paid all year long. There's a six-week dead period between Thanksgiving and New Year's, but the rest of the season, they're getting paid. So spring training, um, winter uh, workouts, there's there's a bonus. There's... the a little bit more during those periods of time, but even in the off season, when they're expected to train and eat like a professional, now they're going to get some pay through the whole season uh, to, to help support that, that path. Some guys have the means to be able to support it, but a lot of guys don't. Right. And that's what I've always felt for is the guys that wind up leaving baseball because they simply can't afford to stay on the grind. Yeah. So
1: that, so that pay structure looks like this low, a uh, is making now from 11,000 a year to 26,200 a year. Dope, high A went from 11,000. So, high A, A ball, they were making 11,000 a year. The national poverty line is 12,000. I think it might even be 13,000. And that's for eight hours a day, that's for 40 hours a week. We know that those guys were putting in 10, 11, 12 hour days, not to mention the travel.
2: High, right. High yeah, because, I guess the flip side of that argument is that, well, if they're seasonal employees, Right. Yeah, you know, they're they're but okay. You've got the regular season. You've got spring training, whatever fall instructs. But then in the off season, like I said, they're still putting in time. Yeah. And if somebody's not out there putting in forty hours a week working on strength and conditioning and baseball skills, they're getting passed up. Yeah. So high A is now
1: twenty seven thousand three hundred. Uh double A, they made thirteen thousand. <laughs> 13,800 before the agreement are up to 30,250. And then AAA went from 17,500 to 35,800. Now, that's more than double from pretty much every level. Yeah. Um, And in the rookie complex league, they get $675 per week, up from $400 a week. Um, It's just, you know, and single A gets 850 a week, up from 500, high A, 900, up from 500. This is uh, during the complex. you know, it's just, you know, Double A gets 1,000 instead of 600 or 1,200 from 700. So that's during spring training. And that's, right. that's huge. It's just, it's it's a lot of work that has t- taken place to get this done. And I still think there's a lot more that can be done. Uh, but this is a great first step forward in, in making it at least livable. You know, six weeks out of the year, they have to find something to do.
2: Well, I mean, that's there. It's almost like they're on vacation for six weeks. Right.
1: And that's, it's really, like I college it's, kids
2: yeah. go home for winter break. That's kind of how it's going to be. Now they get to actually go spend time with their family yeah. and relax. And actually now, if anything, this gives guys incentive to stay at the complex and continue to work and be around the coaches around their, their teammates year round outside of that six weeks, if they want to. And there's now there's incentive. They get, they get paid a little bit more when they're at the complex. They, it makes a lot of sense. Now the, the, the detrimental side, of course, there's all this is a negotiation, so there's give and take. So, free agency this is something that was probably a win for the players' side. Uh, for players 19 and older, now they reach free agency after six years before it was they had to stay with the organization through seven years. Yeah. So, players will reach free agency one year earlier if they were signed at age 19 or later. Um, if they were signed at 18 or younger, they still have seven years of team control. Uh, But the domestic reserve list has gone from 180 to 165 after the 2023 season. So every team is essentially losing a half roster of players. There's about 30 guys on each minor league team. And so each organization is losing 15 guys off their list next year. And so to me, that's the bummer because there's what, 450 guys that, aren't going to be in baseball that would have been otherwise and this is kind of a continuation of what we've seen you know in the past with baseball contracting like they did and then setting this domestic reserve list because until they set this a couple years ago there was no limit players teams could employ as many players as they wanted to there was just only so many rosters out there but then you had like the yankees used to have two or three Uh, single A teams. And then there would be multiple rookie league teams. There'd be multiple uh, Dominican league teams. Um, And that's no longer going to be the case. And I have a feeling that as we see future negotiations and future, what do they call it? Professional development agreements, which right now there's a 10 year agreement between major league baseball, minor league baseball teams. I have a feeling as time goes by, we're going to see minor league baseball get whittled back a little bit over time which kind of hurts my heart.
1: Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if they started whittling down more affiliates at, you know, like you said, after that 10, uh, that 10 year agreements over with. So the, the union, the, the agreement is for five years. So they will, they will negotiate in five years. I can't remember how many more years we have left in the major league uh, union agreement. I think it might be four or three. Um, I think it's a, th- I think it's every
2: three years. Yeah.
1: So we have that. Um, but and, and and there's a way, I you know I'm just gonna say this, like I kind of understand it. there's only so many major league positions, you know, jobs. there's only so many, and it takes so much skill to get there that whittling down the talent to, you know, giving your tenth round guy a shot at the majors, you, you know, you sure we get plenty of those guys. um, but you're just gonna be a little more efficient with with the talent pool when you lower those rosters because they're going to have to sharpen their pencils. The scouts are going to have to sharpen their pencils. The organizations are going to have to, you know, take really hard looks at guys. And only those top guys are going to be able to have a chance. So, I, you know, that's I, – I hate to agree with the idea, but it, it's it, the 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 inefficiency of the minor leagues that has been for so long. Um, as much as it grew the game, having the guys that didn't play, you know, maybe go out into the communities and be high school baseball coaches – college baseball coaches how we see major leaguers now coaching uh you know d1 d2 schools um but still just to get to the major leagues shorten that talent pool make it a little bit easier so if you do get drafted like i have a decent shot
2: of making the bigs if i work hard and develop right and also at the same time there's going to be a, a better quality of of play across college baseball yeah. uh and the international leagues as well um I mean I uh, our friend of the podcast Mason Fioli signed with a uh, an international league team and who knows he might go out there and kick butt for a year and then get back on track with the with another affiliate job. Um uh, but college baseball has kind of taken a little bit of a dip as more guys are signing right out of high school yeah. or they're a year into JUCO and then they sign, they get drafted and there's going to be a little bit less of that as time goes by. Hopefully that means that the college baseball uh, the sport of college baseball becomes a more prevalent thing, which is, I mean, I love college baseball. It's, yeah. it's a it's a different pace. It's, it's a different style of, of baseball and it's fun. Yeah, it, absolutely.
1: Well, so and one, it's about winning.
2: Right. Right. And that's, that's one thing that we've heard from guys that wound up going off and playing uh, uh, international ball or even playing winter league ball is that, Playing affiliate ball, you're working on improving, you're working on developing, and getting to the next level. You kind of forget about that hunger to win, and right. then you go play in the Dominican for an off season, or you go play international or Indie League ball, and it's all about winning the game and yeah. and that 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 fire the starts true to burn their belly again.
1: Guys, get back that love of the game.
2: Yeah. So the other part, obviously, with the collective bargaining agreement, there's pages and pages and pages of boilerplate stuff talking about the the other benefits. Uh, but we're talking about housing, transportation, health care, meals, I mean, all the other benefits that come along with unionization that minor league baseball players are now eligible for and can now participate in. And now they have an actual voice. They have a chair at yeah. the table for these negotiations. So. The baseline has been set, and then we'll, you know, they're gonna they're gonna stick with this for five years, and we'll see what what changes then. But I'm glad to see that a baseline has been set, and now that's you know, it, it's all it's all resolved.
1: It's it's very historic, and that also gives players a chance to have a grievance. So if they have a grievance with the organization or anything, they have a channel to you know to certainly voice what's going on. You know, to have a say in what's going on with their careers and how they're being handled. Uh,
2: so let's take a break real that, quick. No, that, that's a really good point right there, yeah. though, because before they didn't really have a, a voice to object to anything. Yeah. You speak up. Okay, somebody else is getting your opportunity. All of yeah. a sudden, your innings are gone. Your your at-bats are gone. We're going to send you down to rookie ball. Why? I've been playing well. I don't understand. And now there's an opportunity to actually go to the union, file a grievance, and, and get something out of it. That's huge. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: So let's go to the break now. We'll come back. We'll have a little short affiliate rundown because we only have a handful of games in the books, but we have some really good uh, performances. And then we'll have the interviews with Robbie and Janet. All right, let's get with a little small affiliate rundown. I call it affiliate rundown quick hits because there's only been a few games, and I want to really highlight some of the guys that we've had that we've talked about on the podcast. Uh, we talked with Sam Dykstra, um, that we've highlighted um, that haven't pitched. So starting off in the Lake Elsinore Storm, strike one. New friend of the podcast, Robbie Stelling, made the opening day start for the Storm. Uh, Baseball America's Kyle Glazer was there, and he tweeted some of the following things: impressive first pro inning for Robbie Stelling. Fastballs ninety three to ninety five. Sliders eighty to eighty three everything around the zone struck out drew Jones looking at a slider to end a long at bat and got a shallow pop-up and a weak dribbler back to the mound for one, two, three, first inning. Now drew Jones was 2022 Diamondbacks second pick overall son of should be really hall of famer. Andrew Jones Uh, is in the Cali league. So if you guys get a chance, if I sell you a Rawhide that come play against the storm, you're going to see a really good player in drew Jones. Um, He kept him in check.
2: Yeah, apparently they know each other from the uh from the high school circuit. Oh, really? Yeah. So Snelly was like, yeah, it was pretty cool. That my first, you know, my first guy I faced was him. And did you see the catch that Drew Jones made in that game? Yeah. It yeah. was like Willie May's style, running back to the plate, running straight to dead away center field, and made this great reach out and snag of a of a ball. What what an athletic play for that guy. But great first outing for Robbie Snelling.
1: Yeah, and that's a really big outfield. Like, that's a pitcher's ballpark, I think, for sure, uh, is like Elsinore. So, him making that grab was really nice. It was fun watching James Wood out there uh, last season before he got traded. So, strike. Uh, well, going on to the the complete tweet from, from Kyle Glazer, pro debut is done, three innings pitch, one hit, no runs, no earned runs, one base on ball, three Ks, 49 pitches, 32 strikes. The fastball was 91 to 95, slider 80 to 83. The changeup. 85 to 86, located the fastball and slider to both sides of the plate, worked quickly, got lots of weak contact and swing and misses, only allowed one hard hit ball all night. Now, Roy, when I talked to him off, kind of off, um, you know, before the before interview, uh, he talked about he didn't, play any, he, he didn't play any complex ball. He worked on a changeup. And so to see that change up, you know, at 85, 86, and he's hitting, you know, lower to mid 90s, that's going to be some decent separation. But he's going to have to work on that to, to get it to make it be a real plus pitch.
2: Right. Well, he's straight out of high school, making the jump straight to, to single A. It's yeah. a pretty big leap. Huge. So for him to go out there and hold it down like that in his first appearance ever. I mean, congrats to the kid. Yeah, absolutely, and like I said, solid kid. He was like, oh "My God, this guy's nineteen; he
1: might be 20. Um, Just a little you know, the makeup on him is, is huge, and I watched a little bit of that game too. Looking, like he was a little overthrowing the change up. and uh, and I did. I tweeted, I dm Kyle. He's like, "Yeah, that's the changeup." Like, looking, just just trying to get it, you know, trying to get a hold of it. Um, lots to like about that. So going on to strike two. On Thursday,
2: Manuel Castro dominated the rawhide for three innings. He allowed a few hits, but did not walk a batter and struck out five. Castro, 20, pitched in 14 games last year with the storm and was mostly overmatched on his way to a 9.66 ERA. He did manage 44 strikeouts in 31.2 innings, so the stuff is intriguing. At just 20 years old, Castro is still young for the Cal League. Patcher Anthony Valar has two homers in the first week of play. Yeah. And today they announced that, uh, that he is their Carl's junior famous star of the week. That's nice. something that the, uh, that the storm's doing now.
1: Nice. There, There is some, you know, even though there's not a lot of big names in that roster, uh, there are a couple of guys that are really worth looking and keep an eye on Griffin Dorshing. He started there this year. It was kind of a surprise that he started there this year, but he uh, he'll be playing first base and DHing. Um, rosman rosman verdugo rosman verdugo what did we decide on that i think it's rosman 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 Verdugo's there he's playing second base uh sammy zavala friend of the podcast is out there playing center field i uh, got a chance to chat with him for a minute um his wrist is good he was injured at the end of last year
2: so he, yeah, he broke big... his handmate his uh handmate bone right in his yeah. wrist Says, yeah, yes, so that's usually good. a couple, a few months of recovery. Uh, but I mean, we saw Fran Mel come back from that real quick. Yeah, absolutely. And he's still super young. He's still maybe 19, 20 years old as well. Yeah. And then later this summer, we might see Ethan Salas come out if we're lucky.
1: Yeah. If we're lucky, we'll see Ethan. And certainly we'll, we're looking, waiting on Dylan Lesko. All right. We'll take us out to Fort Wayne. So Fort Wayne, hero, friend of the podcast, hero Iriarte got the opening day start. He struck out six in three innings, but took the hard look loss by allowing the lone run of the game. The 21-year-old Iriarte, a righty from Venezuela, went four and seven with 5.12 ERA and 21 appearances at 18 starts for Lake Elsinore last year. Striking out 109 while walking 42 and 91 in the third innings. Super young kid. Lots of upside. Um, I saw a tweet earlier about that game that he was having a lot better command this year. So, you know, first start out of the gate. And once again, guys, they're only throwing three innings. They're only throwing, you know, 50, 60 pitches in in those three innings. So they're not going to be going that deep uh, this early in the season, but look for them to start stretching out as we get deeper into the season.
2: I think I saw that with the storm, every single storm starting pitcher threw three innings pitched and did not give up a single run in each of their games so far. Okay, so for strike two, Adam Mazur, the Padres' number nine prospect, looked good in his professional debut, throwing 36 strikes, throwing 36 pitches, 22 for strikes, over three scoreless innings. The righty, who turns 22 this month, sat mid-90s with his fastball while giving up just one hit. He was the Padres' second-round selection after earning Big Ten Pitcher of the Year honors for the University of Iowa. And now for strike three. Hello, friends. Welcome to... Augusta National, or should we say Whitecap Stadium, as the announcers call an inning in Masters Golf Tournament style.
3: A fine hit, deep to left center. Off the wall. Lucas done into second base.
2: Exquisite. A one-out double here in the seventh.
1: An excellent approach to that hit. Patient, able to line it up deposited into left center field got it into the short grass out there
3: (laughs) aren't you happy that doesn't sound like that every single day
0: (laughs) you're putting me to sleep (laughs) felt like
3: a lullaby
1: (laughs) in honor of the masters um got done, like, I remember, you know, just to kind of go back to the Padres there for a second, like, wasn't there supposed to be rain through that whole series? Like, were we only supposed to get, like, one game out of that whole Atlanta series, and the, and the matches got rained out in a full day, didn't they?
2: Pretty much, yeah. They, they got a good chunk of play-in on Saturday. Uh, they played an extra long day on Friday to try to get ahead of it. Uh, They were doing things with shuffling tee times around to try to get as many players out on the course as they could. And they were able to get the whole tournament in over the weekend. But yeah, Saturday was a mess and guys were playing in some pretty swampy conditions, but like, I mean, in, in Atlanta, they didn't think they were going to play at all on Friday and they wound up getting the whole game in. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So for you uh, golf fans that also follow baseball, that's (laughs) really cool.
2: He's like, here we go. Okay.
1: The back nine. I mean, that's the first nine of the innings,
2: you know. Oh, and there that you. one got into the tall stuff. Right. <laughs> so moving
1: on, uh, let's move on to San Antonio. Strike one in front of the podcast, Jackson Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not just us. Even when other thing, even when other people tweet his name, they put a little wolf. I think MILB puts a little wolf. They started um, doing it at the ballpark. It's a whole thing. They? Dude, that's epic. Um, it's all because our podcast started at first. Oh, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> the left-hander battled command a bit in his first, uh, in the first, but settled down and made a quick work of the talented Drillers Club. He went five hitless innings, walking one and striking out four. The former West Virginia hurler has shown increased velocity this year. After topping out at 90 last year in Fort Wayne, Wolf needed just 46 pitches to cruise through his first five innings of work. He threw 30 of the 46 pitches for strikes. He Now we know how tall he is. He's six, seven um, doesn't throw that hard. So that extra added velocity, if he can keep that velocity,
2: I mean, he's going to be a serious, serious prospect. Well, and he's somebody who works with deception and movement. Yeah. And so I don't know that he's somebody that's going to fill up the strike zone so much. He wants to throw the pitches that start in the zone and dive out. So if it's a ball, that's because they recognize that they can lay off it. Uh, but, He's going to get it figured out where he can get guys aggressive and get them swinging at stuff that's out of the zone.
1: Yeah. Maybe like a, maybe like a, you know, vintage Chris Young, where Chris Young always, he did so well high in the zone. If you put it down lower, they got knocked around. But if you kept him high in the zone, um, you certainly, he he made a baseball career. You know, he made a major league career out of that.
2: You know, that's a good pick because Chris Young never threw hard. Even though he was this big guy, you'd look at him, you'd think he's throwing. You know, he's going to be like Randy Johnson, but the ball comes out soft, but he had the location, he had the movement, and the understanding of how to set guys up and put them away. Yeah. So to
1: continue, right to Kevin Copps came into Relief Wolf, and he looked sharp, holding the drillers hit list over two frames. He walked one batter and struck out three. Last season, Copps struggled to get swinging strikes in his famed cutter uh, that earned him the Golden Spikes Award in college. If the 26-year-old is able to pair something with the cutter, he could help the Padres bullpen.
2: Yeah, and if we're going to have Robert Suarez on the the bench for any period of time, um, you know, getting some reinforcement up from the minor leaguers would be huge. And Kevin Copps is the kind of guy that might be able to step in.
1: Yeah, and at 26, he certainly needs to kind of move a little bit fast in the organization if he wants to, you know, have
2: a good year, essentially, to to kind of stay uh, on the radar there. For sure. All right, so strike two, Duncan Snyder tossed four scoreless innings in his double-A debut before the drillers broke it open in the fifth inning. The six foot-seven Snyder did an excellent job. The twenty-five-year-old Righty allowed three hits and walked one while striking out two, showing off his plus slider and a downward tilting fastball. After the Padres signed Snyder out of the American Association last summer, that's independent ball. uh, The Iowa native went six and one with six fifty-seven outs against twelve walks and forty-eight innings for the Lake Elsinore Storm. So he skipped High A Fort Wayne. They sent him straight to Double A.
1: Yeah, and we, you know, we want. I wanted to get him last year. He was he was in you know Elsinore for a while, but just I just couldn't get it. Um, Glad to see he's still with the organization. Glad to see he's actually moving. You know, he's moving up. Like. You know, oh they're, yeah, they're being they're being pretty aggressive with this guy, particularly coming from Indie Ball. Um, before we get into the El Paso and finish it up with some really, really top line prospect that's there. Um, all this stuff, you know, all, all, all the stuff. once again, this year we're gonna use Mad Friars, and we're gonna use the daily recaps from the affiliates. So if you guys get a chance, take five bucks, don't drink coffee, subscribe to Mad Friars. Uh, they have a ton. John Conniff was out in spring training this year. Tons of excellent interviews with Ethan Salas, um, uh, Victor Lizaraga, um Robbie Snelling. Got really good in-depth interview with Robbie Snelling. So you guys just take, you know,
2: put down the coffee, brew, brew your own coffee. Right, brew your own coffee. Go to Costco, um, get the bag, get the bag, grind it up front before you leave. <laughs> take it home, <laughs> brew it yourself. Skip the the Starbucks trip. But we certainly appreciate their. Uh, we we appreciate the
1: partnership with uh, well at least allowing us to uh, to use their information and give them a plug. All
2: so right. So the- now El Paso to wrap it up. The story for the Chihuahuas is Fernando Tatis Jr. is walking and feasting on AAA pitches. He has two assists while still learning the position in right field. Uh, from what we've seen, there are some good routes and some that, uh, the English from a right-handed hit ball was tricky, but he made the plays. So he threw one guy out at second base and just got him dead to rights. Yeah, He's shown off the arm. He's definitely eager to show off the arm. There's been a few little adventurous plays out there, but yeah. I'm glad that he's getting that out of his system now when he's in triple a. Um, he's seeing the ball well. He's taking a lot of walks. He's got a double. He hit one monster home run when I was watching the game the other day. Uh, he's feeling the swag. He sounds like he's having fun in the in the dugout, and he's doing the stutter step around third base with the home run trot. So everything's looking good with Tatis. It's just a matter of you know, doing the time, punching the clock, and yeah. uh, you know, learning while he's down there because the craft yeah. of playing right field. You know, everybody thinks, "Hey, oh, just go out to right field and play." Now, there's a lot of nuance to yeah. to playing out there. Yeah, the couple of things that I saw that I put in there about
1: a couple of right-handed batters hit balls out to him, and the English on those balls are are funky. There's a lot of topspin, and it, and it comes to you in a, in a weird angle. So he he made a few catches. Uh, I, th- I think I think one he missed, but it was you know, ball was hit pretty hard. Um, the lighting in, yeah, uh, in AAA isn't the greatest.
2: Yeah, he's been in Sacramento. Sacramento is one of the older ballparks in uh, in the yeah. California League now, yeah. um, and I don't know if they've upgraded to LED lights. Uh, I saw I was watching the Storm broadcast, and I saw that they were flashing the lights. So it sounds like they've upgraded their lights there. Uh, but yeah, minor league ballparks, you don't get the nearly the quality of both the conditions on the field, but also the lighting and all the other stuff that you get with a major league ballpark.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, Joe Musgrove made his uh, his one rehab start down there and, you know, gave him a few runs, but that doesn't matter. The health is all that matters. Um, Jay Groom and Pedro Avila both got kind of roughed up in their starts. The thing about the you know the, the Pacific Coast League is it is very tough to pitch in. Uh, once again, these guys are coming back from, you know, coming out of spring training, not as sharp as they want to be and not as sharp as they will as the season goes along. So look for improvement from both those guys, Jay Groom and Pedro Avila, who certainly barring, you know, certainly will probably get some innings this year
2: with the big league club later on. For sure. All right. Well, introduce your uh, interviews for us. All um, right, who, well, we're coming you in, to we here. Got,
1: we got we fight for the right to interview guys, uh, which we're doing <laughs> a lot this year. I'll be going up there to let us know our interviewing guys at Griffith Dorsing. I'm gonna get Ethan Salas later on, you know, and if um you know if Dylan Lesko makes his way up there, I'm gonna interview him, probably gonna let who are you gonna hear right now, Robbie Snelling get a few innings and few games underneath his belt and probably come back and do another uh, interview with him, get his thoughts on you know his first uh, first few starts in in pro ball. Um, it's gonna be a great season. Have fun, enjoy it. I will enjoy these two interviews and uh, we will catch you guys probably next week. Uh, sometime next week i am leaving for north carolina tomorrow morning going to be there going to check out the area in western salem and try to uh find somewhere to live maybe in the next year
2: you're a traveling man traveling man and uh so then you can reach me on twitter at sd donovan i am at zippy underscore tms uh, and here comes robbie snelling and jagger haynes
1: Well, hey, I'm here with Robbie Schnelling. Yes, sir. Finally made it out to an affiliate ball. Um, first off, let's start with your arsenal. What do you throw?
3: So I got a fastball, changeup, and curveball. You know, fastball and curveball are the two pitches that I mainly used in high school. You know, that was the, really the only two pitches that I needed at that point. Um, so, I mean, the, really the big thing that we've been working on this past, since I got drafted, was yeah. my changeup. And uh, it's, it's come a really long way, so I'm excited to see how that works out for me, um, finally getting out in, in affiliate ball.
1: Fantastic. So let's have a little fun here. Draft day. So did you know you were going on the first day?
3: Um, there, was, there was talks about it. Um, I mean, obviously you see kind of the projections of, of where everybody is. And I was, I was honestly, I was all over all the projections. And, um, I mean, there was no you know, consistent specific spot that I was in. Um, we had a pretty good idea that I was going to go on the first day, but you know that was never set in stone um, but I mean, draft day is something that that I'm never gonna forget, and uh, definitely the the best core memories that I have right now were, were on that day, um, you know. And I got to thank my family for that, thank yeah. my agent for for working his tail off on that day uh, for me to to eventually get me taken on the first day.
1: Okay, so did you have a draft bar? Did you have family all together? Uh,
3: yeah. So I I didn't go to the draft. Right. Um, I I stayed home. And I was just at home. I was able to get a whole bunch of people—all my family and friends, my my high school team—got um, to come to the house. Dude, and, sick. Yeah, it was it was awesome. And I mean, that's what it was all about for me. You know, I, I yeah, it would have been cool to go down to the draft and, and had that experience. But um, I don't think anything compares to to having your your close loved ones right. around right. you.
1: Um, so, would you have a spread? Did you guys have. Have a caterer. Yeah,
3: we, we got catered by uh, one of the restaurants that is it's in our community. Um, it's it's called the Grill, um, and just had some finger foods, had a charcuterie board, like little snack stuff like that, and then there was a dinner later that night after I got picked, which um, was kind of a, a sweet way to celebrate it.
1: So you get your first endorsement there with the Grill.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I still got to talk to Dude, him about that. That'd you got to work every angle, yeah. you know. Um, uh, all right, so.
1: How, so how soon after the draft did you show up in Peoria, and what was that kind of like?
3: So I want to say it was kind of weird. Um, I was expecting, you know, after the draft to kind of be gone within three days. I think I didn't leave for Arizona until about a week and a half after the draft. So what does that put it? Like July thirtieth, early August. I was in, I finally got down to Arizona. Um, I mean, it's it's hot once you get down there at that time, and it's like I mean, growing up in in Nevada and playing baseball right, on the right. West Coast, like if you're gonna play travel ball, you're gonna wind up in Arizona at some point. So, like that heat, it wasn't something that was the was new to me. I'd been around it before, but I mean, being in it every day for you know three A months, job. yeah, for three months, like it, it kind of it softened me up because playing in playing baseball in Reno, like high school ball, you're playing in 40 degree weather, and right. I was like. I get down to Phoenix. I'm like, man, this is nice. And then I go back to Reno in the winter. I'm like, I'm freezing right now.
1: <laughs> Didn't take you too long to acclimatize. Well, here in Lake Elsinore, it is going to be. Oh yeah, it's going to be Reno. It's going to be Peoria hot as well. Yeah. Especially when you get up to like Modesto or Visalia, it's just right. you're going to be losing losing pounds by yeah. the by the inning. Um, another kind of fun question. I, you know, for the podcast here, we like to have fun. We want to get to know the player. Yeah. We want to get to know the person behind the uniform. Um, Pretty good signing bonus. Yep. You can be honest, or you can lie. Did you buy yourself something nice?
3: I did. I, I had one you know major purchase. I was able to buy my my dream truck, which was a Ford Raptor. So, got that, and then put the rest of it away. Just told myself, you know, you're not you're not touching any anything else in that signing bonus. You're gonna dude. Yeah. Put it
1: in index funds. You'll yeah, be fine. You'll exactly. Be fine.
3: Exactly. So got that one purchase, and I'm super happy with it. And uh, that's all I all I really wanted out of it.
1: Fantastic. So it's always nice to treat yourself, especially oh, yeah. with that with that large expenditure. Um, okay, so you were you, you didn't play you didn't pitch any in the um, in the complex. Did you guys just silly work on your chains up, or did you guys what else did you do out there?
3: Um, so I didn't pitch in the ACL season, like you said. Uh, I mean, once I got there, it was kind of towards the end of the year for right. them. Um, so I mean, I, I didn't throw in that at all. I did throw in instructs a little bit. And I mean I didn't really learn my new change up grip and like how to actually make my change up move until after instructs, um, in the in the strength camp in December. And so I didn't learn that and really learn how to start manipulating it until until after instructs. And so I mean that's just been something I mean they've they've touched on it once I got there is like they they said, Hey, the changeup is something that is gonna need to to make some strides and um, so I, I took that and I, I really dove into it and just Really wanted to to make my change-up a plus pitch for myself, and uh, really up to this point, I think I've I've made it that.
1: So you know, we have uh, the Padres have a you know Hall of Famer and Trevor Hoffman with probably the best changeup uh, since the invention of baseball. Right. Did you ever get a chance to talk to him about that? Talk grips?
3: He's always around the complex. Um, it's it's not something that I've talked to him about. I mean, I've talked pitching to him, right. um, but I mean. Change up isn't, isn't something that I'm going to be like, you know. I'm going to rely on this pitch. It's, it's it's something that you know I'm gonna, I'm going to be able to fall back on and right. be like, hey, I, this is a get me over pitch, right. and it's going to be a good pitch for me. But you know, my my real work is going to be with my fastball and breaking ball.
1: No, yeah, we uh, out there at Fantasy Camp, we we uh, we we killed his his team and Andy Ashby, right? <laughs> really great dude. Yeah. Um, so for this first season obviously health. Do you have any goals that you set for yourself? You are on a pitch limit and an innings limit, yeah?
3: Um, So we haven't talked anything about that yet. Um, You know, leading up during spring training, you're obviously on pitch limits and inning limits, you know. Uh, Pitch count limit, um, as many innings as that'll take you, really. Um, So I think the last game I threw and I had a a limit of 60 pitches. Um, And so you kind of, you work with that, see how far that takes you into a game. So really, really forces you to, you know, you know manage a game a lot better than than some people think you know if you if you want to stay in and go a lot of innings as many as you can you you got to learn how to to you know manage your game and, yeah. and make it work for you
1: yeah absolutely being more efficient yeah um so this is your first season you maybe not have this set up yet but do you have a pre-game routine do you have a music that you bump
3: i'm a big country guy so you know uh, other than other than the guys in the locker room that are going to be having the speakers blowing with their rap music and stuff, I mean, I'm pretty diverse when it comes to my music, so I know a lot of genres. But if um, I'm going to get in the in the mood for you know me to obviously go out and, and pitch in a game, it's going to be country for me. It puts me in the mood, and so. Just throw some headphones in and... Call it they, out. What do you can, got? What do you got playing? I'm a I'm a huge Cody Jinx fan. All right. Uh, Zach Bryan, who, you know, just started kind of releasing his music. I love his music. Um, Zach Bryan and Tyler Childers and... Nice. Know, all the, all the kind of old school country guys.
1: All right. One more and we'll get you out of here. Tell us three things that we don't know about you.
3: Um, so... I mean, a lot of guys know I played football in high school, got recruited uh, to, to play football in college. Um, I obviously, forewent that um, with the draft. But, I mean, still love football to death. My dad was my football coach. Um,
1: in Reno, you're a uh, – so you're a Reno guy. Giants? Uh, yeah, 49ers.
3: Giants. Yeah, uh, not giants and 49ers. Yeah, okay. my dad my dad coached a guy at our high school that I went to, uh, Brandon Ayuk, who's a wide receiver for the 49ers right now, which is pretty pretty cool growing nice. up, rooting for that team, and then him to go there. Um, and a huge hunting and fishing guy. I mean, that kind of comes with the country music. Right, right, right. Grew up in the outdoors and, um... Probably the last thing is, you know, if I'm if I'm in my car by myself, I like singing. So I mean, I'll I'll sing to myself, but I don't think I don't think anybody else is going to be hearing that. Um, I don't know if they want to hear that either. So, Come on, no yeah. aspirations of yeah. American
1: Idol or America's so. Got Talent. He I can throw a splitty uh so.
3: and sing. Right. I don't I don't think that'll be happening for me. All
1: right, well, we wish you best of luck this Thank season. You. I really appreciate it. I
3: appreciate it. you. Thank you.
1: Well, hey, I'm here with Jagger Haynes, and, dude, you're going to be pitching in real games this year.
0: How does that feel? Man. It's crazy. It's crazy to think that three years has flown by in this org. Well, two years, and it's going on three right now. Uh, but I'm excited, man. I'm ready to get going. All right, so let's uh,
1: so let's talk about your arsenal. You, you know, this is the first time anyone's has a chance to hear you, what you
0: throw, how fast, and yeah. what is it? Uh, well, I throw a four-seam fastball slider and change up very very simple right now with it uh i will be developing a color a cutter middle maybe middle of the year maybe end of the year we'll see how it goes really developing a pitch mid-season that's a,
1: that's pretty aggressive uh,
0: we'll see we'll see how it goes maybe end of the year just kind of like see what i got with these three pitches right now because i just want to keep it simple on the mound
1: yeah and with you know with zambo being a pitching coach in, in his past life or your know, current life uh, having a pitching coach as a manager how does that kind of affect um you know your development
0: uh, well, Zambo kind of lets uh, our, our, our pitching coach uh, Thomas Eshelman kind of like handle everything. I'm sure he's in the he's behind the scenes, like giving some my uh, a few tips here and there. But I mean, I know Zambo is a very well respected guy in the, in the baseball world, especially in our organization. A lot of guys speak yeah. very highly of him, including one of my own from my where I'm from, Mackenzie Gore. I mean, I know they're pretty oh, close. Yeah. So I mean, I, I like Zambo a lot. I think he's a great guy.
1: Yeah, I got a chance to talk to him when Mackenzie was here. When
0: Virginia was here,
1: and it was great. So you've had the, you know, so let's talk about the surgery. You know, you went through the surgery. A lot of athletes talk about the physical side is, is what it is. It's more the yeah, of mental course. side of, of the surgery. How did you stay positive? And during your rehab, who did you talk to, or did you talk to anyone about the process?
0: Yeah, yeah. So the uh, the physical side is definitely it is what it is. I mean, you use that time to just try to get stronger, get bigger, and you like so you have an extended period of time off. So you want to that's your chance to build the physical side of it. But then the the uh, sorry the mental yeah you all good. the mental aspect of it is that's definitely the challenging part because that's that's day in day out. Like you know how your mind works. Sometimes you come in, everything's going well, and then you can have one bad day, and then that might send you down a rabbit hole, and then. You're having a string of bad days, next thing yeah. you know. But uh, I you, I had a, I had a good group with me. I had a great group. Who
1: would you have with you?
0: Jordan Guerrero, Chris Lincoln, Carter Lowen. Carter. Who some other guys? Uh, Fernando Sanchez. All right. There was, I mean, there was. A, we had like eight or nine of us. And, I mean, it was just a great group. I mean, especially, like, I talked to, um, what's his name? Uh, who's it's he, late in the afternoon. Did you it, talk? It, it is. <laughs> who's, who's, who's the guy? What's what's the uh, John Conniff. There you okay. go. Yeah, I John went, I Conniff, went, yeah. John Conniff. Uh, I told him, uh, Jordan Guerrero, I, I, huge, huge, uh, huge part of me for my rehab. He's one of my one of my greatest friends I have now in the organization. Incredible person. He's a b- huge guy. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a teddy bear though. <laughs> I love him to death, and I mean he he's just a he's a great person to have by your side.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We had him on the podcast. Actually, I was waiting for someone else when he was out there. I'm like, hey, you got a minute? He's like, <laughs> like, God, I felt so bad. I'm like, dude, you the big boy. But do you, do you speak English? She's like, yeah, I'm from Florida. I'm like, fuck, god damn it. Um, great dude. Um, yeah, great also dude. Also Carter Lowen. We, both, we had both those guys on the podcast. So so they were a real big resource
0: for you, yeah? For the mental side of it, yes. Yeah.
1: All right, so coming out of the season, you're going to be on a pitch and in innings limit. Um, are you starting? Are you going to come out of the bullpen? Starter. Nice. Are you number two? Are you number three? Or, I mean, it doesn't really matter at this at this juncture, but...
0: I'm not sure what number in the rotation. I just know that I, I won't be starting opening weekend. I'm actually throwing a live here today, tonight, under the lights. Okay. Just to kind of get back into the feel of everything. I mean, it's my first time outside of the complex. So, I mean, it's almost like just kind of dipping my toes in the water right yeah, now.
1: Absolutely. It's going to get hot here. Don't let this kind of cooler weather fool you. It's going to be hot here. You're going to be sweating bullets. Cool. Um, so, I'll let you go here in a minute. Just. I know you're just coming into Affiliate Ball, but do you have a routine? Have you set a routine? Do you bump any music before you start?
0: Uh, sure, yeah. I mean, I like to throw the AirPods in and try to get locked in a little bit. But, I mean, I've used the rehab time to kind of give myself an idea of what my routine is and what it looks like. Before, I mean, I was a young kid. Still, I'm still young now, but <laughs> but, I mean, I was even younger when I came in here. Absolutely. But now, I mean, after rehab, I mean, I know, what, I know what to expect. I come to the field. I know what I need to do to get myself ready, to prepare myself to be on the mound. And now this this right here is just to change the scenery. Yeah. A, a bit more difficult to get it done here. But, I mean, nonetheless, I mean, we're still playing baseball. I'm still doing the same thing. So, I mean, I know what i got to get done to be ready whenever I step out on the mound.
1: Hell, yeah, do playing baseball for a living. It's your job now, man.
0: It's crazy to think that, right?
1: Yeah, it's great. Do you have um, – this is funny. The Fort Wayne Caps just came up with this question, and it's a really good question. Do you have a non-baseball life
0: dream? Oh, that's a tough one. I haven't really seen myself outside of baseball ever. Nice! I, I never have, but I mean, I I could go a few things. I mean... Country-western star, you wanted to be... No, I would have... Chef? The only thing I could have thought of was being like a New York businessman. All right, all right. Yeah, like one of those trench coats every morning. The gloves on, going to work. I like that. I love that a lot. I'll DM
1: you some stock picks, and we'll talk about that. There, later we, there we go. We got to get it. All right. So let me get you out of here. Uh, give us three things that we don't know about you that our listeners would love to know.
0: I'm a big video game player. Fortnite, Call of Duty, Call of Duty, and MLB the Show. I love playing baseball. I eat, sleep, and breathe baseball. Anyone else play? Everybody on the team. We all we all live baseball. That's Who, the crazy part. Who's,
1: who's got the Who's got the best MLB show?
0: Kobe Robinson. Ah! Believe it or not, Kobe <laughs> Robinson. Best team of be the show player on the team.
1: Dude, you guys got to have that hooked up and put it on the big board and have a tournament between you guys. So, so he, you're in the all-star So everybody,
0: everybody can see it. Uh, uh, yeah, so big video game player. What else? I don't know, man. This is hard. I Put me on the spot. All right.
1: To, All right. Well, that's it. Hey, video games is cool enough.
0: I play video games. I mean, I I'm, I love hanging out with my friends back home. I mean, I love, but honestly, I mean, it's it's all baseball for yeah. me. All my friends back home, we just we play baseball. I'm, I'm from a baseball area. That's what we do. And I, like I said, I when I say I eat, sleep, and breathe baseball, that's what I do.
1: Well, and you're from a very very small town, of course, in rural North Carolina. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's it's nice though. Like it's a small town, but then again, I'm very close to cities. Yeah, I'm about 30 minutes from Wilmington. 30-45 right. right. from Wilmington, and about thirty forty five from Myrtle Beach. That's right, where the Pelicans play.
1: We'll be going out to Winston Salem uh, next Tuesday and checking out the area there. We're looking to move out there, so nice. There you so go. maybe next year or two, or when you're up in Fort Wayne, I'll be over there and come say hi to you and bring up your family. Your family, yeah. Show
0: you Sarah Gordon, North Carolina.
1: All right, dude, man, I really appreciate it. Thank have you, a, Donovan. Yeah, have a good season.
0: You as well.